Men, you've been waiting a long time. Are you ready? This is the Battle Podcast. What up, man, and welcome to the battle. I'm your host, John Durham. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Oh, man, he's back. He's back, baby. He's back, baby. He's well, back. I was getting a little worried about you last week, Ray. I was like, what's up with this Ray Flannery? Well, you know, last week was a little bit off. We had to do it by Zoom instead of uh, being able to actually meet me. So everything was off just a little bit, but I'm back. Yeah, definitely for me. I can just tell you right now, it was definitely off for me. I'm not a Zoom guy, FaceTime guy. That's It was kind of one of them situations where I was... A little off, and I apologize for that. But uh, we had a great, great conversation, though, last week. I thought that, uh, you know, it really brought out a lot of things to the forefront that I believe that we struggle with as men. And uh, just a quick little recap of last week. You know, we talked about, are we are we ready? Are we ready as men? And what does it look like to be ready? Um, I'll tell you right now, this being in lockdown and everything is a, a real testament as to how ready you are not. Because you are, you're being, you have no choice but to be a father. If you've got children or to be a husband, if you don't have children, you don't have a choice. You've got to learn to step up and be that man. Well, you say that, but uh, they're also saying domestic violence is on the rise right now because of the situation too. So that's a very scary thought. And again, it goes back to what we're talking about and why we have this podcast and why we want to have these candid conversations because there's just a lot of dudes out there that are so self-consumed. They're selfish. They're, they don't want to get involved with their families. They they think it's all about them. And and quite honestly, it's the other part of it is, is they just don't know any better. Right. You know? right. So it's, it's just difficult. So uh, this week, we're going to talk about who tells a man he's a man. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Let no. me, ding, ding, ding. Can somebody somebody let me know that? Because if you, that's a million dollar question. You that's know? it, man. That's it's it. a question that every man, I think, has inside them. And I think every man struggles with. Because right. uh, let's, let's be honest. If you look at our culture today, we've lost the sense of ceremony. Um, that's true. You know, it's funny. I was reading a book years back uh, called um, uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it no. talked about the significance of ceremony where, where you know, people were pages and they were sages and they were knights and how there was a progression throughout, you know, that time period and you became a knight later on. So there was kind of a crowning moment. And right now we don't have that crowning moment in our culture today. There's a lot of young guys out there that are left with the question, you know, hey, when do I become a man? What what constitutes being a man, and and how do I know I am a man? Right. What what makes me a man? What who's to say that I'm a man? Is it the government? Is it my mom, my dad? Who who tells you? Well, I think the the first thing we need to do is just pull some things out that I think are just a, a misconception that we have in our culture today. What what a man is and what constitutes a man for these young guys, uh, especially. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you'll ask a guy, he'll say, hey, how do you know when you're a man? And they'll say, well, I mean, just as soon as I uh, was able to get my driver's license. Yep, got my driver's license, got my first job. I was gone. I was doing my thing. Uh, so so I guess you become automatically a man when you're 16 and you're able to get your driver's license. Uh, No. Okay. Because I know a lot of boys driving cars. I know, yeah. <laughs> 
That, that might be why our insurance rates are so much higher for men than they are for women. Well, I'll guarantee you that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other one that gets thrown out there a lot is, is when you're 18, hey, man, you're, you're, you're legally able to vote. I guess that makes you a man now. Or Go to know, jail. Go to jail, yeah. Now you're, you're becoming a, an adult and you tried as an adult in this country. You're looked at as an adult. But I guess that makes you a man. No. We both we both know that there's a lot of eighteen year old boys hanging out there, right? Uh, the other one is this. This one really blows my mind. You know, these guys think that because they're twenty one, they can buy alcohol. That makes them a man. Yeah, um, yeah. Unfortunately, most of us were drinking before twenty one. I'm sure. And not only that, have you seen twenty one year olds on alcohol? <laughs> I mean. Yeah, uh, that's a problem. Maybe that's a problem when you get drinking at 21 and you think you're the man, and that's the problem. That's it. Yeah. That alcohol makes you 10 foot tall and bulletproof. Put right. a big S on your chest. <laughs> you got that right, brother. How about the other thing is, is oh, you have, when you get your first full-time job, now you're working, you're making your own money, I guess you're a man now. No, I don't think that's it either. Yeah, well, uh, here's one, too. Uh, if I just get married... You know, if I just get married, that's gonna that's gonna make me a man. I'll like, make everything all better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. marriage is easy, and that's why when you talk to most women, she says she has multiple children, including her husband. Yeah, that's <laughs> very unfortunate. But you know what? These are, we're kind of making light, but these are real deal issues, man. These guys out here, they really think they I'm believe a man that, now. You're right. They believe that uh, when I have a child, that makes me a man. Right. You know, I mean, now I've got kids. I'm a man now. Nah, yeah, there's, okay. I mean, mm. I finally got that career. I'm finally, you know, set in life. I've got the job. I've got the career. I guess that makes me a man. Yeah, no, that's still not going to do it. All these things are very much what the, the government's telling you and the world is telling you, okay, you're a man now. Mm -hmm. And the government and the world cannot tell you or make you a man. No. I think the important thing for us to to think about and to recognize as we talk about this tonight, and I want our listeners to get this, the, the guys are out there hearing this, it, being a man comes from within you. True. Not what's outside of you. And it doesn't matter how much money you make or how many possessions you have or how beautiful your wife is or how great your kids are or what kind of a job you have or the type of house that you live in. Those things do not make you a man. No. I guess the other part of it too is, is what is a man? You know, um, I, I, I guess that that may be part of the problem because maybe we don't have a clear definition in our culture today of what a man truly is right? and, and what that, what, what the expectations are of a man. Yeah. And like you said, there's the progression, like in that book you were talking about, even in the workforce, you have apprentice and you move up. So you come in as a journeyman, apprentice, a journeyman, and then a master. Um, there's nothing like that to become a man, you know, there's, you know, as you go from 10 to 13 to 16 to 18 to 21. So there used to be installments basically like, okay, you learned to do this. Now you're up to the next level. And then once you've made it to a manhood, you're, well, typically if you had your father around, he would be the one that would say, okay, you are a man now, you know, the ins and outs, you know what there is to being a man. Yeah. Because if I'm going to be honest, I mean, I don't think I was a man at 21. I mean, I thought I was the man. Yeah. You know, I had a false, uh, you know, uh, misinterpretation of what a man was. I thought, you know, it was how, how, you know, how big you are, how strong you are, how much you have, or, you know, what you have to offer. Um, and, and, you know, it's really what kind of money you made, what kind of house you lived. I mean, at the age of 21, I mean, I was talking to my wife the other night and I was just, we were having a candid conversation about, 
how how life changes so much for you as you get older and how much things were so much bigger at one time and they become so much smaller as you as you age and progress and mature. Like you ever go back to your old house that you grew up in? Oh yeah. And you everything seems so big. The yard was big, the downstairs, and then you go back and you're like, what? This place is so small, so tiny. And, and, and I think that that's how the mind works is that sometimes our minds are small. Right. And we are we only see things from the perception of what's going on at that point in time in our life. And so as we grow and mature as, 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 as young men and become men, our thought process changes and the way we look at things changes and the way we feel about things changes. Right. And I did not feel the same way at 21 that I feel now at 40, you know, 45. It's funny. <laughs> the other day I was telling my wife, you know, it's hard being 46. And then I realized it was only 45. <laughs> I became a year younger, like in five minutes. I was like, wow. <laughs> you didn't try doing cartwheels or nothing, did you? No, no All right, I'm going to hurt myself, good man. Deal, Come on. Deal. I was on the couch. Why do I get up? No. Hey, here's another comparison. <laughs> here's another comparison for you. When you, uh, when you look back, like when you first got married, whether it's your first marriage or your, the marriage you're in right now, look at back at those pictures when you first got married, and what's the first word out of your mouth? Dang, I was a kid. Oh yeah. What was I? What was I thinking? Man, yeah, that I baby was so face. Young. You know. Yeah, but back then when you were there, like you were saying, you were thinking you're on top of the world. Oh, you I got, got all wife, out. Yeah. I got this. I got that. I got everything that I need. But no. And, and you know, if you're gonna be honest, you I mean you're really scared shitless, to be honest with you. Dude, that's the truth. I mean, I look back when I got married, I'm like, uh, well, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, now I'm a husband. Okay, mm -hmm. does being a husband make me a man? Uh, no, no, because uh, there are a lot of guys that are married that run around that 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 are boys, right? Um, and and I think that I guess the biggest thing that I have learned over the course of my life and as I've matured as a man is that. Everything comes with time and experience. Right. Um, the way, like you said, the way you look at things at the age of 21 and the way you look at them at the age of 30, okay, maybe 35, and then you go into your 40s, things are different. You know, people say, man, if I had a chance to go back, I'd be 21 years old all over again. Not me, bro. Nah. I was broke at 20. Yeah. You can have it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and the, the best thing about this is we're speaking from wisdom. So we're we're kind of trying to reiterate that that whole growth process to help, you know, men become men, to help these boys with beards become men, you know? Because we're trying to impose some of our wisdom, trying to put it out there so they they realize that we're no different than anybody else out there listening to this podcast. We went through the exact same stuff back when we were in our 20s, in our late teens, early teens. You know, we've gone through all the steps, so we're just throwing out there what we've done. Yeah, we're trying to save them the misery and the agony. Right, exactly. Or in some cases, and I'll talk about myself, the stupidity. Uh, yeah. uh, it, I think the other part of it, too, to be honest with you, Ray, a lot of it is, is a false sense of masculinity. Right. Uh, you know, I was listening to, you know, I've I listened to other podcasts and hear guys talk and see what kind of comes out of it. And, and we've got this huge misconception that because you can work with your hands, that makes you masculine. Or because you can create or build something that that makes you masculine and that means you're a man. Or if you're if you're big and you're strong and you can lift a lot, or you know, um, that makes you masculine. So therefore, you're a you're a man. And I, I think that there's a huge, huge uh, problem with that because guys looked at that where if I just go to the gym and pump a lot of weights, I'm a man. I'm a man. And you, there was a time when I know you were heavily into working out, so you you probably have. You know, experience that with guys seeing that it, it was all about if I can only lift this much, if I can only get my chest to get this big and my arms to get this big, this is does that make me a man? You know right. what I mean? 
It just makes me a bigger man. That's all. Makes you a batter man. That's what it's about. A batter man. Yeah. That's it. Well, we're, we're trying to make him better man. <laughs> I agree with you. And you know, if you, for those of you who don't know, I'm no longer a large muscle <laughs> muscle bound weightlifting man. <laughs> those times have come and passed. Yeah, but you know the other part of it though is is you you may not be that way on the outside, but you're that muscular, strong, masculine man on the inside. Oh yeah, and and that's what we're really trying to get to. That's it exactly. Uh, that's what we're trying to get the guys to understand is, is what the true picture of masculinity is, right? And what the true definition of a man is. You know, you and I, you know, and I've said this before, and I'll continue to say this because, you know, we're believers, and so everything that we look at, we look at it from a Christian standpoint, right? Right. But I also think it's important when we come together that we talk, that we understand that there are guys that are listening to this podcast right now that aren't Christians. Right. And so they don't they don't go to the Bible to get their their inspiration or or their value. Uh, so they don't live by the same standards or morals, or they don't have the same expectations in their lives that we do as Christian men. Right. right? So what I want to do tonight is just give some practical, you know, tips and ideas and and, and things that guys can kind of look at to get a better understanding of what it looks like to be a man, you know? Um, But there's a couple of questions I think that we need to kind of hit on tonight to try to get past some things so we can peel back the onion and then circle back around. So let me ask you this. What do you think is the, uh, the thing that is stunting our growth as men in our culture today? Um, I would say a lot of it, we kind of touched on it a little bit last week is going to have to be the lack of fathers, the lack of, uh, somebody leading and in the church, it's the elders, you know, somebody who is there to kind of lead the way and show you what it is to be a man. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a house with a, with a single parent. My mother raised us. Um, as I said, last, last podcast, you know, it, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't exactly the worst either. Right. Um, but I think that a lot of times people will use, and I'm just going to be straight with guys, excuses. Like I hear guys saying, well, my dad was this, and my dad wasn't that, and my dad didn't do this, and my dad didn't do that. Well, you know what I learned as a, as a young kid? I learned the type of father I didn't want to be. Right. I, turn, I learned the type of man that I didn't want to be, not just from my father, but being around other men, because the environment that I grew up in, there was a lot of drugs, there was a lot of alcohol, there was a lot of abuse, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of, you know, poverty. And, and, you know, I just put this out there. So, you know, I'm a firm believer this poverty has no prejudice, right? Poor is poor. It doesn't care, you know, what color you are. It doesn't care where you come from. It doesn't care what you look like. Poor is poor. True. Uh, And there's a lot of things that come with poverty, you know? And so a lot of times you're subjected to certain things in life that, you know, most people aren't. Like if, like if I talk to my kids about my upbringing and they compare it to theirs, they're like, is that something like I'd have a movie? Is that really real? And I, I, I tend to tell them to turn on the movie Goodwill Hunting, and you you get a glimpse of what it was like and how we were coming up, you know. Right. But I think that the the thing is, is that there's just too many guys out there that don't want to make excuses. Right. Like we grew up poor. I did. My dad wasn't around, or my dad was an alcoholic, or my dad was abusive. Hey, and I'm not taking anything away from all that, but it should have at least taught you that that is not the type of man that you want to be. Right, exactly. You you choose. You just said it right there. You choose. You chose not to make excuses. You chose not to let that, you know, drag you down. Not I don't want to say drag you down, but not to let that conform you or make you like this is the way it is. So this is how it's going to be. So this is how I'm going to be. You know, you chose that. That's not right. 
that's not the way I'm going to do it. I am. Well, going it's to a do cop it out. It's it's right. for lack of better terms, and I I just think that's just being a punk. I mean, you're you're right. you're pointing the fingers at other people and making excuses for your bad behavior. You're trying to, your to validate actions. why, yeah, validate why you do what you do. Well, your dad beat you, so you think it's okay to beat your kids. No, it doesn't work that way. I mean. Right. People know that it's not okay to do certain things. Right. You know what I mean? I grew up around people that did a lot of drugs. I grew up around people that drank a lot. I drank, you know, there was, I grew up in, around people that, you know, uh, guys smacked their girlfriends around or whatever. I knew that you weren't supposed to do that. You shouldn't do that. Right. Even though you see it all day, every day, you knew that wasn't right. Yeah. And so, you know, we got to understand that, you know, we have to look at it from the standpoint of, of knowing that even though we may have a lack of a positive male mentor, you can take positive uh, things from a negative situation. True. You know, um, like I, when I grew up, when I was, I was uh, subjected to my girlfriend's dad, who was a foreman on a construction site. And, you know, if I'm going to sit here and say he, he was godly and he, you know, was, you know, reverent and taught me all these, you know, spiritual things, I'd be lying. Right. right. But I'll tell you what he did teach me. He taught me how to work hard. He taught me to be on time. He taught me to show up to work. He taught me that a man works and provides. I mean, all these different things that I, I gained from him from from that, you know, even being in that environment. I didn't go, well, just because we're around a bunch of construction workers and there was off-color jokes and and language and, you know, and certain individuals around, you could say, oh, I guess that's okay for me to act like this and do this. Right. Or I can take the positive and say, you know what? And I'll tell you what, I'm, I've taken those lessons that I was taught at the age of 15 and 16, and I took him everywhere I've gone in my life. Right. You know, when I went in the military, when I get out of the military and got my first real job, uh, be on time. Don't call in sick. When you get there, you work hard. You don't, you don't make excuses. You get the job done. You, 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 you're a provider. Right. Um, so you could take positives out of the negatives. So I, I guess one of the things is I would say to guys out there right now that have that aren't Christians, that don't go to church, that don't have a men's group, look at the men that are in your circle and try to emulate the things that you know that are good. Right. And and also look at the men that are in your circle and recognize those things are bad. Exactly. Don't do them. Exactly. And, and as you do that, you're going to start to notice that you're going to end up changing your thought process. You're going to stop being number one in your life and you're going to move down to number two, number three, number four in your life, especially if you've got a wife and children or other responsibilities. So the biggest part about that is you start to realize that it's not all about you. It's not about Ray Ray all day. You know, there's other things that are bigger than me. And that's what we gain, I think, as we've gotten older and as we've gone through all these lessons in life that you've become to realize that it ain't all about me. Right. And the other part of it, too, is, is is understanding that for us, and this is just to put it out there to the men that are believers out there, well, we, we should know and understand that our validation comes from God. True. Um, now, it also comes from our fathers, or it can also come from another godly man. Right. Right? And so when we're looking at what it is to be validated as a man, who tells a man he's a man? Well, either God or another man. Right. Okay. Um, now you got to make sure that the man that's validating you, the validation you're seeking is the right type of validation. Correct. Because if a man's idea of being a man is, is how many beers he can drink, how many girls he can sleep with and how much money he's got in his pocket. 
that's not the dude you want to be hanging around. That's the wrong validation. Right. Uh, so what we learned from as being Christians is there's a word that, that resonates that the world has a real problem with, and it's called selflessness. Mm. We're called to be selfless. If you want to know what the first signs of maturity or what you can start realizing whether or not you're becoming a man is when you can ask this question, am I selfless or am I selfish? Right. Selfishness is a immature boyish behavior. Exactly. When everything is about you, 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 that is not a man. Nope. When it becomes all about consumption. Right. What does it do for me? What else can I get from this? How much, you know, how do I benefit? What can what can make me better, my life easier so I can just sit around and not do anything? Yeah, that's the hardest part is, and that's, I think the biggest thing is learning how to be selfless because it's not a natural mindset for any no, guy dude, whatsoever. It ain't, it ain't, no, it's not natural. It's, no. it's the Totally contradictory to be natural. It's it, the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Yeah, it's intentional. You have to intentionally be selfless. You have to put in those extra two hours because you know your kid wants a new pair of shoes. You ain't got the money for them, but if you do two extra hours, you can get them what they really, really want. It's putting somebody else first. Well, and also understanding that, for instance, if you're in a marriage, your wife's job's not to make you happy. No. Um, and, and you don't just love your wife because... She's done something for you. It's not a performance-based relationship. No. It's it's a it's a relationship that I use, like to use the term in spite of. We have to learn to love each other in spite of the things that we do. Right. Because we're all imperfect. We all make mistakes. My wife is not going to always say the things that I want her to say about me. She's not always going to address me the way I want to be addressed. She's not always going to make me feel the way I want to feel. But I need to love her in spite of that. I still need to put her needs in, 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 at the very top of my priority list right under God right? And, and vice versa for my kids. There just are too many men out there or boys with beards out there that think that they come first and their wife and kids come after. That is not a man. Right. Nope. And, and, and the same thing too with single guys. I mean, you say, well, I don't have a wife and kids. Well, are you, are you putting others before yourself? Right. Exactly. Are you thinking about, you know, being there for other people and serving other people? Are you thinking about other people's feelings or how you communicate or come across to people? Or are you worried about you? Yeah. Are you worried about help? Are you thinking about helping your parents? You know what I mean? Your parents who are, you know, who raised you and did all this for you and got you where you are, or even your friends, you know, the people who you've grown up with that, you know, have helped you out along the way. Are you looking to see how you can help them? Or, you know, it's, it's, it's dying to self. It's being selfless. And and that is what a man is. Right. I remember years ago when I first, I uh, was like five years into my marriage and I was at a conference. A, uh, it was a um, Promise Keepers conference. And Candy and I were going through a spell in our marriage where we were lacking in some intimacy. And my this, this guy that ended up being one of the greatest mentors of my life, is, uh, his name was Troy Nelson. And uh, he was not the prototypical dude that I was used to being around. He wasn't rough around the edges. He wasn't aggressive. He was very soft-spoken, skinny dude, very intellectual. Um, and I was sitting there up against the wall during an intermission, and he he asked me how things were going, talked to me about my marriage. And he said, so how are things with you and, and your wife? I said, well, they're all right. You know, he says, you guys having any issues, any problems? So I said, well, you know, we do have this one issue with intimacy and it's been a, it's been an issue, you know, for, for quite some time. And, and I, and I looked at him and I said, well, I just, you know, how long does a dude got to put up with that? 
And he looked me right in the eye with laser focus and said, for the rest of your life. Yep. And I kind of was taken back by that. I'm like, what? He's like, for the rest of your life, because that's a commitment that you made. Right. You know, it, you know, that's, that's just part of the deal. And so that's you guys have to, to self. Yeah. And, and you know what? That was the first time. Cause most dudes wouldn't say that. Right. Most dudes were like, Oh, you don't need to put up with that dude. I wouldn't put, right. I'd be out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but he was like, no, he told me the truth. Right. And that, I think that's what's lacking in our culture today is people have a problem with telling the truth. They think if you tell the truth, you're being rude. Right, exactly. You know, or if I don't agree with you, that that means that I don't like you. Yep. Well, no, that's not. If I don't agree with you, I'm telling you something. It's because I do love you and I do care about you and I want you to know the truth. Right. Because you don't lie to people you care about. Right. That or I don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, well, that's the whole thing is you've got to be real. You've got to do it. You've got to pull that Band-Aid off. you got to tell them the truth. We all know we've got someone who we can call that'll tell us what we want to hear, and we know we've got someone who we can call that'll tell us the truth. Tell us what we need to hear, whether we like it or not. And that's what we need to hear. The other part of it, too, is I think that guys need to realize you need to take responsibility and seek out what it is to be a man. Right. you got to ask yourself the tough questions. You know, I mean, ask yourself tonight, am I a man? What am I doing that is dying to self? What am I doing to help my wife, to help my kids? Am I being selfless or am I selfish? Right. If I'm selfish, I know that I have an immaturity there. That's not maturity. Therefore, that's not being a man. Right. That's being a boy. Correct. And so there are certain things you have to self-evaluate. And it's every day of our lives. Right. You ain't going to get it right all the time. I mean, you get up every day and this is a struggle. So for those dudes that are out there and I go, man, this is, how do I, it's every day. Every day. Every day you got to get up and you got to die into yourself. And sometimes it's more than once a day, you know. Now, you know, for for me and for you because we are Christians, you know, we always have the word of God that we can we can lean on, right? Right. And so we go back to that. And I know that some guys will go, "Well, I don't read the Bible." But you know what? It's it's about it's about life um application. It's about what's practical practical things that can help you. So I I think we got to take these boys to the armory and give them some 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 weapons here to, when they start dealing with this stuff. So I don't know if you've got a, I know you've got a few verses you've plucked out to talk about tonight. Well, let's do that. Let's make our way over to the armory then. <laughs> All right. So we picked out. We had a whole bunch of scriptures that we had that we had knocked aside, but we've knocked it down to three. So we're gonna stick with these three right here. So guys, take these, look them up. Read before and after, you know, get the, get the context of it and really get to know what's going on. Which goes back to taking responsibility. Don't just do what we're saying. Read it for yourself and then meditate on it and then think about life application. Exactly. We're going we're gonna to give you the beginnings of it. So the first one we got here is 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up. My childish ways. Responsibility. I mean, you can't be childish and be a man. No, can't do it. And so we have to understand, okay, what does it look like to be childish? Well, real real quickly, I mean, when you're in a situation and you're getting not getting what you want, do you throw a temper tantrum? Right. Uh, if things don't work out the way you want them to, do you react in a negative way? Uh, do you guilt your wife into giving you what you want? Do you pressure your children to make you feel good about yourself. And if they don't do it, then you make them feel bad about them. That's right. all childish stuff. That's all me, me, me. When so, a little kid is a little kid, a little two-year-old, three-year-old, there ain't nothing in the world but 
me. And be manipulative in the workplace, you right. know, and you know what we're talking about. I mean, when you're doing stuff to play games, that is not masculinity. That's not being a man. Nope, that is childish. So our second verse that we have in the armory right now is 1 Corinthians again, but it is 16, 13. Be watchful, stand firm in faith, act like men, be strong. Act like men, be strong. When you're selfless and you stand firm in your faith, you're putting all of your trust and your faith in God, okay? Now, some of you sit there and go, well, I, I don't, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. Well, you need to put your faith and trust in what you know to be true. Truth is what you need to be leaning on, period. Right. For us Christians out there, and even though you guys ain't Christians, when you start reading the stuff, man, maybe it start to click a little bit there. But lean on the truth that God has and understand that, you know, when we put our faith and our trust in Him, that gives us the strength we need to be the men that He's called us to be. Right. And a lot of you guys are going to realize once you do start reading some of this, if you choose to, you're more Christian than you think you are. Mm -hmm. You know, you've already started it. So we've given you two in 1 Corinthians. So we're going to go with the last one. It is Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Again, selflessness. Bingo. If you're if you want to know whether you're a man, are you willing to step in the gap and take whatever comes your your way? to protect your wife, to lift her up holy and blameless is another another one that we could talk about. Are you making doing everything in your power to make sure that you're loving your wife selflessly and making sure that she's getting and being treated the way that she should be treated? Like Christ died for the church. Christ died for the church, right. gave his life for the church. Are you willing to do that for your family? So th those are some great verses there to get into. Yeah, those are good. Uh, and next week, we got uh, our next episode uh, is going to be talking about Stand with giants and walk with lions. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I just want to close real quick at, before we get uh, out of here tonight. But, uh, men, there are two paths in life you're going to walk. One is you need to walk in humility and realize, number one, you don't know it all. Right. So ask for help. You know? Two, understand that when you become a man, it's not about you anymore. It's Selfless. not about you anymore. Right. You know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Yep. Now, some of you, maybe that's not the path you want to take, but I'm going to tell you this. This this right here, this foundation that I have in my life, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, is what helps strengthen me to be the man that he's called me to be. For those of you that, that are walking a different walk, you need to stand in the truths that you know to be true. You know what a good man looks like. You know how a good man acts. Start acting like it. Amen. And when you do that, my friends, well, hey... <laughs> That's where the rubber meets the road. 